We hear the terrifying stories of crime in the news or radio every day. We listen to a lot of these stories and think to ourselves, wow, that's scary, and wow, it wasn't fair that that person was killed or assaulted, but that's usually as far as it goes. What if we could prevent crime before it occurs? According to the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention, there were a total of 696,620 juvenile offenses committed across the U.S. in 2019. Around 126,000 of these offenses were simple assault charges. Around 120,000 of the offenses involved burglary, larceny theft, motor vehicle theft, and arson. Around 54,000 were disorderly conduct crimes, and around 44,000 were violent crimes. We hear the term conduct disorder, and we tend to think of perhaps a student who calls out in class or cuts school or bullies others. Conduct disorder, also referred to as CD, is actually much more than that. In fact, research suggests that those with CD exhibit behaviors at the age of onset that could be predictive of their future behavior. So let's talk about what CD actually is. The fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders defines CD as, quote, a repetitive and persistent pattern of behavior that violates age-appropriate societal norms and rules. End quote. The behaviors associated with CD are arranged into four groups. The first one is aggression to people and animals. The second one is destruction of property. The third one is deceitfulness or theft. And the fourth one is serious violations of rules. The onset can either be before age 10, and that would be called childhood onset, or any onset after age 10 would be considered adolescent onset. Children and adolescents with CD may also show no remorse when he or she does something wrong, or he or she may not care how much harm their actions can cause to other people. The National Institute of Health reports that the estimated lifetime prevalence of CD in the U.S. is 12% in males and 7.1% in females, and the median age of onset is at around ages 11 to 12. The fact that there are 12% prevalence rates in males and 7.1% prevalence rates in females is alarming. CD is an issue of safety of the general public. It's an issue of recognizing red flags as early as possible to provide early intervention. It's an issue of promoting the mental health of individuals exposed to risk factors that could lead to the development of the disorder. It's an issue of seeing people with CD as actual people instead of as villains or criminals in the making. It's an issue of providing help for those with CD instead of fearing them. It's an issue of how detrimental CD can be for the individual and their potential victims if the disorder is just allowed to run its course and there's no intervention. This issue is one that is hidden sort of in plain sight and it is imperative that people understand that by addressing CD, we are not only providing mental health resources for those affected, but we are lowering the risks of potential crimes happening in the future, since children who develop this disorder or adolescents usually go on to pursue a criminalistic behavior style. A psychiatric journal article details that there are numerous risk factors that can contribute to the development of CD, such as witnessing father-initiated violence, authoritarian parenting styles, 
substance use in the family, domestic violence, and child abuse. In addition, children from families with low socioeconomic status may have a higher risk because of constant chronic stress they face from their environment, whether it be from exposure, exposure to crime in the community or due to poverty. The thing about these risk factors is that they are all too common in society, and in reality, most of these can be addressed through collaborative efforts. A behavioral science journal states that a commonality found when examining the behavior of serial killers was cruel behavior towards animals before they actually engaged in their murders. 45% of school shooting perpetrators from 1996 to 1999 had a history of cruelty to animals before they embarked on their school shooting. About a third of children and adolescents diagnosed with CD will be diagnosed with having antisocial personality, which is deeply concerning given that those with antisocial personality disorder are much more likely to commit crimes just because of how the disorder presents itself and because it tends to be more resistant to intervention and treatment. People with antisocial personality disorder are also much more likely to die at younger ages because of the high-risk impulsive activities they tend to do, and they also are known for attempting suicide. Prevention and intervention are key, since CD can have detrimental consequences such as engaging in risky or criminal activity and potentially developing antisocial personality disorder in adulthood. Given that CD impacts every dimension in life, social, emotional, mental, physical, it is important to provide treatments for those who have it that address every dimension. Since the disorder develops in childhood or adolescence, parents should be emotionally available to their child and sensitive to any changes that they see in their behavior. They shouldn't use authoritarian child-rearing practices, and they should seek help if they're struggling with a substance or drug addiction. Before these things can take their course, stigma has to be removed from asking for help when it pertains to mental health or addictions. Stigma can deteriorate only if people can be informed of resources available to them, if people stop using labels to stereotype others, and if they start to accept that it is okay and very brave to seek help. Psychologists and psychiatrists need to be culturally aware when dealing with patients from diverse backgrounds. Children shouldn't be living in poverty or in neighborhoods where there is crime and they are focused on surviving instead of living. As of now, the interventions of choice are family-based or community-based interventions, such as peer groups. However, other interventions should be explored because children and adolescents with CD who have an abusive family will not benefit from family-based treatment. Instead of frowning upon children who go against societal norms and rules and labeling them as a lost cause, we should collaboratively make efforts to nurture the children who will be the future. If we can prevent chronic stress in times of childhood growth, if we can prevent poverty and trauma, we can be one step closer to preventing CD and thus prevent crime.